Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. And seated across the table for me, my co-host, a man whose mind is filled with dance, dance, dance. Mike Staub. And across the table from me, <laughs> he's one strange guy, Mr. Jordan. Very good. A little low effort on your part. But Very I think low it, effort, you know, so but we're going we're to go with it. That's okay. You know, they say Doctor Strange on this episode they so do. many times. They do, which is something that they probably avoid now. Yes. But uh, yeah, this was, this was the original Doctor Strange. I think this this guy appeared first. I would imagine so. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Listen, we're we're here ta- talking today about the strange secret of Bruce Wayne, which, which is, is in and of itself a play on words. It it is. Uh, the so this is season one, episode thirty seven. This episode was broadcast 29th, So there's a sort of a little gap, but it's not uh, not a big one. Yeah. This is an episode that I'll tell you the truth, Mike. I didn't really remember from when I was a kid. Well, that's strange. <laughs> Thank you. There's, I don't know how many episodes, I want to say, uh, how many episodes, maybe, maybe a dozen, maybe more, where I just never saw them when I was younger, and then in my various rewatches of the series, maybe I skipped them or did not watch them. This one kind of fell down the hole for me. I didn't really remember this one at all. Yeah, I did not remember it much either, and when I realized it was a Professor Hugo Strange episode. Right, the only one. The yeah. only one, I was like, oh, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm infinitely more interested now. Yeah, it, it is cool. This is the only Hugo Strange episode, though, uh, spoilers for our upcoming IMDb trivia. They had fully scripted another episode with him called Mind Games, and then they just never did another season of the show. Yeah. So they never got to include him again. So he appears just this one time, and, and sort of that's it. Oh, okay. Um, but obviously, Hugo Strange is a important and pretty cool character that they use a lot in the comics and in other media as well. I know yeah. he's appeared on TV. He's done some stuff otherwise. You know. Famously, he is the main antagonist in Batman Arkham City mm-hmm. to where Hugo Strange turns part of Gotham City into Arkham City right? and pretty much like takes over a part of the city for Arkham Asylum. So he's kind of like the, uh, the end-all the end all villain in that game now and and that's probably the best use of him ever is that game i would think so um that, that's know. probably the best iteration of the character we ever got i would i would think so it's really really good and ultimately too now i need this clarification yeah in the comic books hugo strange does know that bruce wayne's batman right he does well actually i'll tell you what let's get into our yeah, first topic for discussion which is the origin of hugo strange himself right yeah. so the Hugo Strange character starts off in the golden age of comics uh, as not really anything like the character we have now. This was in Detective Comics number 36, and that's way back in 1940. Yeah, it's This old. is a long fucking time ago. Like, almost like how Clayface was that early. Right. Right. So, he starts off as sort of just another DC mad scientist. He has, like, a lightning gun. He creates monsters. It's, like, kind of nonspecific. Yeah. And I think... They're absolutely going for like a Nazi German doctor yeah. kind of character when he first shows up. And then that kind of gets reimagined later, but we'll talk about that. So that is Golden Age Hugo Strange. Then we go into Silver Age Hugo Strange, which is a really different character who is more like the Hugo Strange that we know now. So in the Silver Age, he is a little bit closer, a demented doctor who runs a private hospital, and he finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Okay, so we, we have now the, sort of the core tenet of the Hugo Strange character. That plot with his Silver Age reappearance ends with his apparent death at the hands of Rupert Thorne, who's a, a crime boss in the comics as well, and then a Thorne and his men actually kill him, or yeah. so it seems. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so for the next few years, into the 80s, we get just Hugo Strange appears as a ghost, who mostly is there to torment Rupert Thorne every now and again. And then you come to find out that these ghosts are... This is going to sound real real weird. These, I had to fight to not say real strange. Um, these are illusions, these ghosts. Or perhaps they are yogini manifestations. 
Like Doctor Strange taught himself yoga, yeah, and he yogas so hard that he can make like an astral projection of himself. It's pretty good, which is funny because that's what the real Doctor Strange does. Yeah, 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 like yeah. yeah. The, the, I say the real Doctor, the Marvel Doctor yeah, Strange, the, the one that well, because yeah, yes, he he was able to manifest, you know, uh, essentially copies of himself, so that right. he can he can walk the astral plane. Right. So, a la Norman Osborn. You know, uh, Hugo Strange eventually reveals he's still alive and he's just been tormenting people from afar. And then he makes kind of a comeback. I will say this is now around the time, the early 90s, when he's in the animated series, he's in a couple of the comics, he's still not really doing anything great. And we don't really get any great Hugo Strange stuff in the animated series either. The first time we start to get something a little bit you know, more to the character is when DC does these, I don't even know what you want to call them, constant reboots in the yeah, comics yeah whether that was the new crisis the new 52 um i mean you name it you know better they than i do all, just do like you know just uh, you know, we have like multiple alternate realities different hugo stranges and in the newer versions of hugo strange he is a much better villain yeah right he's a much more manipulative character and he has much more of sort of a sort of an obsession with batman and bruce wayne and the duality of those characters, and then in also himself yeah. as maybe a Bruce Wayne or as a Batman. Yeah. So actually the most famous art for Hugo Strange is usually like him in the Batman costume. Yeah, he's dressed up as Batman. Right. Uh, and as, as you mentioned, the Arkham games really elevate him to a position where most people know him now as like the mastermind behind Arkham City. Yes. Yeah. So, which, is, which is great use of the character, especially knowing who... Bruce Wayne and Batman and all that stuff. Yeah, so he goes from like being like a tier three C-list character to like being able to be in a room with A-listers yeah. and people will know who this is, yeah. which is funny because in his animated series appearance today, that's exactly what yeah, this episode yeah, is. Yeah, this is one of the first times we actually see the rogues gallery together. Right. Outside of outside of being in Arkham for, I believe it's Fear of Victory, right? Fear of Victory brought some of them together, right? We were seeing them in their cells. Yeah. Um, I think we've had maybe one or two other opportunities where we had multiple villains, even if they just showed up. Yeah. Um, but this is the first one where they actually like talk to each other and yeah. stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're they're actually working together, kind of, for some sort of similar goal. Yeah. Do you like Hugo Strange? I do. I think Hugo Strange is interesting because one, one of the things in the comics in general with Batman is that so few people know his identity. Right. And I think it's really cool that there's a villain out there who does. But, like, I don't know how he's not been able to fully capitalize upon it, but Bruce Wayne is so crafty. <laughs> he certainly tries in this episode. Yeah, he definitely tries. You know, it's kind of like, it reminds me, this episode reminds me of, like, the end of Batman Forever. Where, I was just going to say that, 100%. Uh, where, yeah. like, the Riddler finds out that Batman, Bruce Wayne is Batman. What kind of a man, what is it, what kind of a man has bats on the brain? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, because the Nigma Tech machine is just like Hugo Strange's machine yeah. in this episode. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost identical. They probably just ripped it from the episode. I'm sure they did, perfect. or from I mean, the comics. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in general, like, those bat those later Batman movies, because what is, uh, I feel like Batman Forever is, what, 1995? Batman Forever and Batman and Robin really, really just take from the animated yeah, series. Yeah, a lot. Many things. And because that was the biggest thing Batman was doing at the time. 100%. So, and it's like a direct funnel. It's like yeah. you're just taking the kids who are watching the cartoon at home and sending them to the movies. Yeah, to see what they saw on the TV. Right. So when watching this at the end, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it does kind of remind me of the end of Batman Forever when, or at part of Batman Forever when Riddler knows who Batman is. And like, he doesn't want to tell anyone but, like, he kind of wants to, and then by the end of the movie, he's completely insane. Well, yeah, actually, the secret kind of was one of the things that drove him crazy. Yeah, yeah. At the end, of course, we find out Edward Nigma is Batman. Yes. Eddie, tell me, who is Batman? I'm Batman! And then, and he, then he, he does he that. flaps his little striped wings, and the movie ends. It's very strange. It's a, not a great movie. It isn't. No. <laughs> Though, it is fun. Oh, it is fun. And fun is allowed. Sometimes we're allowed to have fun. I think I think movies should be allowed to have fun. There has to be there's a weird there's a weird balancing act right. to where we go from super gritty grimdark <laughs> to like every other line's a joke. Right. Absolutely. We need to find the middle ground here, folks. I will say also that this episode that we're covering today is like very similar in structure to Eternal Youth. Yes. 
the episode where Ivy has like the <laughs> spa for rich people and she's turning them into trees yeah. for revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugo Strange is doing something similar, except he's not running like a botanical retreat. He's running like a desert retreat for rich people. Yeah, I, and I instead of turning them into trees, he's stealing their secrets. I thought of it kind of like a Palm Springs situation. Yeah, like that's what it kind of reminded me of, like kind of this oasis in the desert where people go to vacation. Yeah, because I think that's how Palm Springs kind of works. I I think so too. Yes. Um, and then the last thing I will say is just that I think Hugo Strange, he isn't really a favorite character of mine. No. But I would admit he's a character with like enormous potential. Yeah. And I thought this episode was a good starter for him. And it's actually like a, a real shame we don't see him again in the animated series. It is because I think he's this very was a, interesting. This was a good debut. Yeah. And he could have done something more. Yeah. I think I think they could have done a lot with this character, even if he has three or four episodes. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. A little bit of IMDb trivia. Not much in this episode. I will just mention that at one point when uh, Bruce Wayne has infiltrated uh, Hugo Strange's office, he has a moment to look into the files. Yeah. And just like we saw the last time with, uh, I think the episode was See No Evil, where mm -hmm. Bruce looks into some files and we see some famous names. They do that again in this episode. We have, um, in this episode, we have Morewood, C. We have Dwayne, Diane. Meech, Bet. Um, Jetter, comma, K. Uh, all these folks are folks who either worked on the show or worked adjacent to the show or are popular science fiction and fantasy authors that the people who work on the show just really like. Which I, I find really fun. I always love those little nods. Kind of, they do the same, similar, something similar to, uh, you brought up, what, Nothing to Fear, I think you said? or, or... Uh, I don't know if it was Nothing to Fear or See No Evil. See No has Evil. Files. Yeah, you had brought up See No Evil and as well as... Beware the Grey Ghost has stuff like that too, where right. the, Grey the Ghost has those tapes. Yeah, yeah. Has those tapes. So I love when they, they put little tidbits in there and, and do that. Or even the Binford toolbox. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's always little like you gotta you gotta look around and see what you catch. Right. Um yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably most notably one of the files says Rogel, comma R. Randy Rogel yep. obviously writes a lot of these episodes, or at least quite a few, and wrote for yeah. Batman comics as well, I believe. Uh so we have that. Um Okay, uh, and then the episode itself is based on the comic stories The Dead Yet Live and I Am the Batman, which are uh, comics that are by uh, writer Steve Englehart and artist Marshall Rogers, and this episode basically derives the plot from those stories. Oh, that's cool. I like when they do that. Yeah. I like when they, you know, go to the actual source material to come up with stuff sometimes. Absolutely. Not every time. Like, the cartoon does good stuff, but at in the end, it's always nice when it's like, oh, yeah, I can go and read those comics. Yeah, um, and then finally, as we already mentioned, Michael Reeves originally wrote a sequel episode to this entitled Mind Games, but the episode was never produced. No, that's a shame. <laughs> okay, and, and there we have it. Uh, so, are we ready to dive into the strange secret of Bruce Wayne? Oh, it's so weird. Let's go into the strange world I, of Bruce Wayne. I wish the episode was weirder. I do, too. I, I want some was. more weird dream stuff. Me, too. We love a good weird dream sequence. We do. All right, this is Season 1, Episode 37, The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. We get our theme song and title card. Mike, this is an all-timer title card. Great title card. Great title card. So we get, it's insane artwork, capital letters, all left aligned, staircase formation. They read the episode's title in that format. And then the right side of the image is a close-up of a man's face, probably Bruce Wayne's face. Yeah. Um, and the skin is red and sickly and dripping with sweat. And what appears at the hairline is either a column or perhaps some kind of a clamp. Um, and the eyeball of the man is wide and terrifying, and the iris of it contains like a cartoonish skull. So fucking cool. It's like, cool. that is some metal, metal for, for title this, art. Especially for this villain. Like, yeah. we have a villain that's kind of like a dorky villain. Right. And you give him like this like heavy metal kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah, really cool title card. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. At the end of this series, we should rank the title cards. Oh, that'd be great. And I think this is a ranking title I card. I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robin's Reckoning is pretty good, too. It is. Yeah. Um, this episode is directed by Frank Power. Yeah, hey, Powerhouse. Power Man. Uh, story by Sweet David Christmas. Wise. And the teleplay is by Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens. Oh, I wonder how they feel about Mondays. Oh, because Garfield. Garfield doesn't like Monday. You're, you're right, he doesn't. He does like lasagna. Garfield just, he can't wait till Tuesday. No. Voices carry. <laughs> okay. How do we feel about Garfield on the whole? How do I feel about Garfield? Yeah. So, this, this, I'm just going to be honest with our audience and with you. I used to love, love the Garfield comic strip. My dad would get the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially on Sundays, yeah. of course. And he would take the whole fucking paper and he would give me the funny pages. Of course. 
and I loved nothing more than Garfield and Peanuts. And I like kind of, I love both of them equally. Yeah. And then I used to always watch Garfield and Friends, the yeah. cartoon, because we are millennials. Yes. And that was an early millennial I, cartoon. I like it, was, the, it was a holdover from Gen X. It was. I like the end Friends section, I think, a little better. Oh, I, they were cute. The barn. It was like Orson, the, yeah, was he yeah. a pig or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. all the barn, was, barnyard friends or whatever. <laughs> it was cute. And, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, I just don't really, I would never read a Garfield comic now. Like, I don't give a fuck, but I love, love the 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 comic strip without Garfield. Yeah, it's just has anyone seen this? Have you seen? Yeah, this? I have. I have. It's just it's. I forget what it's called. It's something like it's called I, like without Garfield. I, it's or either like Garfield without Garfield or without Garfield or something like Garfield that. without Garfield sounds right. It's just John, just a sad bachelor, living alone with his cat, and there's no Garfield thought bubbles. Yeah. So John just walks around and he just like in each panel is alone. Yeah. And looking sad and miserable. And miserable. And he'll say something like, well, who cares what you think? You know? And you're just like, this fucking guy's going to kill himself. Um, very funny. Anyway, I I don't like Garfield now, and I don't like the Garfield movies. Oh, I haven't seen them. Though I think Garfield was, like, very well suited to Bill Murray. Like, I really... That, that was good casting, even though he regrets it. He regrets it because, from what he said, he signed on by mistake because he thought the Coen <laughs> brothers did it, which I feel like is him joking around. No, I think that's real. Oh, you really do? Because after watching numerous documentaries about Ghostbusters and several other Bill Murray properties, Bill Murray doesn't have an agent or a oh, manager, okay. any kind of representation. Basically, you have to call like a hotline yeah, he set up, not like a special to... number, and he rarely answers the phone. So I think someone called him on behalf of, I think Ethan Cohen is the name. And yeah. he assumed it was Cohen Brothers, Ethan Cohen, yeah. but it is not. It is Garfield, Ethan Cohen. <laughs> and he fucking signed the contract and he had to do it. Yeah. And he, you know what? He made buckets of money. Oh, definitely. So who cares? What I find funny about it is that uh, Peter Venkman on the real Ghostbusters cartoon was portrayed by voice actor Lorenzo Music, I believe is his name. Okay. Who also... He's the voice of Garfield? Provided the voice of the cartoon <laughs> cat Garfield. So it's almost like... It's almost like Bill Murray was just completing the cycle. That's and, a fun little circle. And now, and now, uh, voice actor extraordinaire Chris Pratt will give us the voice for Garfield. Is that really happening? I think so. No, he's yeah. gonna be fucking Garfield too. I think so. I don't. You know, dude, I like Chris Pratt, but not that much. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Enough, yeah. Chris Pratt. Enough. Enough. He doesn't need to be Garfield. No, he doesn't need to be anything. I'm done. No. And I don't even like. I'm not even in on the Chris Pratt stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't want him as Garfield. No, I don't want him as Garfield either. To be fair, too, he does have. He is going to have um, the number one movie for probably six or eight straight weeks this year when it goes from Mario oh, to Guardians right. of the Galaxy. Right. So like, Oh, yeah, that's so weird bankable. when that happens to actors, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's made a lot of money. A billion dollars. Yeah, Mario is now a billion dollar billion film. A billion dollar film. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's fun. It's not great, but it's fun. Yeah, I couldn't... Like, everyone that I wanted to see it with already went. Yeah. <laughs> Michael. Um, Sorry, it was date night. It's okay. I got early and, tickets. And then I couldn't find anyone to go with me. And now it's like, it's still in theaters, but I don't want to be the only one there seeing the Mario movie. I'll go with you. You'll go again? Yeah. Now? It's like been out for weeks? Yeah, why not? All right. We'll be the creepy old guys in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I was there. That was that the last time. Anyway. Mike, there's an overhead shot of the Gotham Bridge. Oh, man. You know what this? this you know what kind of moment we got here? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, we get this like aggressive pan over the emptiness of the bridge, and we get a close-up of a sign that reads "Bridge Closed." And uh, we have these construction barricades, and we see like this middle-aged blonde woman approaching, turning up her coat. She seems very well-to-do, and she has a little briefcase with her. And we see Batman stalking along the suspension That's the cables. Moment. Yeah. That's the. <laughs> That's the. One. Um, so there's a little camera perspective shift. Uh, then this car drives down the bridge, stops for her. And two gangsters come out. Hand it over, Judge Vargas. She clutches the briefcase to her chest. The doctor said, a trade. And then we find out these men are named, I believe their names are Numbers and Snap. Yeah. The little one is Snap. Yeah. And the big one is Numbers. Numbers. And they're playing a little keep away with some kind of a videotape. And Numbers gets the briefcase from... Uh, Judge Vargas, and he listens to a bundle of cash and somehow instantly knows that she's 20 grand short. So I yep. guess that's why they call him numbers. Yep, because he he knows. Right. It's 20 grand short. So Snap tells her there's going to be a penalty, and that's another 100,000. And she's crying. She wails. She she can't pay that much. 
and they say, I believe Numbers says, you make a mistake, you always pay. Mm-hmm. And then Batman pops up behind their car. But he doesn't crackle. What's that? He doesn't crackle. Very good. Right. Okay. Thank you. No problem. My sentiments exactly. <laughs> uh, Batman makes very quick work of these go- goons. However, hilarious. I'd watch this a few times to catch this. Numbers took out Snap himself. Yeah. Because he swings the briefcase yep. like a weapon and he hits his partner. Hits Snap. Uh, the judge's tape goes flying out onto a steel beam over the river. And whatever's on this tape must be pretty fucking serious. Because she climbs out over the river on the steel beam just to get this tape. And Batman goes to help her instead of getting the bad guys. So they get away. Batman does clock the license plate. Mm-hmm. But he goes to rescue the judge before she falls. And yeah. in so doing, they do drop that tape off into the river. So it's done. So it's done. Whatever was on that tape is gone. But now they're curious as to like what was on that fucking tape. Next scene, sometime later, maybe an hour later, we don't know. Uh, Gordon and the cops have arrived. They're packing up Judge Vargas into an ambulance because she's lost consciousness in the strangest way. Yeah. She was, like, out on the beam. I don't know what happened. She, like, vibrated the steel beam or something well, and, it like, hit her in the face. I th- I just thought she passed out from fear. I don't know. I think she got hit in the head. She got hit in the head with the beam? Yeah. Uh, man, why not? Batman saved her. I think so. Can we... I love seeing Gordon here because yeah. this man is just... Um, he's the most exhausted man like in all of comics. Gordon has the worst job in the world. The worst job. Yeah, in you're the, the world. commissioner of Gotham City. Yeah, like his job is worse than Batman's. Right. Yeah. Like he, you're not dealing with like just like your run of the mill like, "Oh, a guy robbed a bodega." No, yeah. It's like, "No, a man turned all the fish into clowns." <laughs> <laughs> like what do you do with that as the commissioner of police? Like it makes the Harley Quinn cartoon version of Jim Gordon makes so much more sense it how does. he's just so strung out that version of him is just the, the big drunk divorced dad <laughs> energy is so funny it's so good it's really good um, Gordon and Batman are talking it's clear from their conversation that Judge Vargas is a friend of Gordon's and um, Gordon even mentions like she's the best judge on the circuit and you know they're talking about the videotape and Gordon like can't believe it would be blackmail that she would have done anything yeah. that would be worthy of blackmail he mentions even that he had dinner with the judge last week. She had just gotten back from vacation, and she seemed fine. And then Gordon's cell phone rings, and yeah. I wonder what year we're in. <laughs> when does this show take place? When his cell phone rings, I, my brain melted. But also, like, the look of the cell phone. It just yeah. looked like it looked like the receiver from, like, a rotary phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it yeah, just yeah, had yeah. no wire. Yeah, it's my phone. <laughs> it just looked like he brought the receiver from his home phone with him. Like, oh, I'll bring the cordless. <laughs> just kept it in his pocket. It's got great range. It was very funny. Anyway, the voice on the phone very loudly tells Gordon that the getaway car was registered to the Yucca Springs... Yucca? Yucca? Yucca Springs Resort Corporation. And Gordon recognizes that as the place where the judge took her vacation. Yeah. It's supposed to be some kind of executive relaxation retreat. Batman mentions that's one of Roland Daggett's subsidiary companies. And I actually fucking groaned. Yeah. Because I didn't look up what this episode was about before I watched it. I was like... Is this another Roland know, Daggett episode? I know. I was like, we get... It's like, how many of these are there? Dude, they're just throwing Daggett at us. Constant what? Daggett. Com- Constant Daggett. Constant Daggett. I don't um, want it. But it is not. Yeah, he's, it is He's not. just mentioned. It is not. Thank goodness. Uh, and then Batman just, like, cables up to the Batwing without actually ending the yep. conversation yep. with Gordon. He yeah. just leaves. Gordon's got to be, like, on the list of Batman's friends... Yeah. Gordon is up there. He's one or two. This guy. Or maybe three. Maybe three. I I think number one is. It's Robin Alfred Gordon. Yeah. And then where's Superman? Uh, I don't know. He's out there somewhere. He's yeah. not even in this series. Yeah, in this part not. of the series. He sh- yeah. And good thing he isn't. Because if Superman right. was injected into the series at this point, it would be like, oh, won't you invite Superman into Gotham City? Then you have no problem. That is the problem with injecting Superman into the story. But we will talk a lot about that. Yes. Another time. Another time. Yeah. Anyway. Um. You think this guy just owes him just like, just tell him like, hey, have a nice night. Just have a normal conversation. Like when you're done talking to somebody, just like something like, I'll see you later. Yeah. That took less than a second. Yeah. Yeah. And no, Batman has but to But Batman like... has to just like leave him feeling like a fucking dick. <laughs> just leave him there, standing on the bridge, flying up to his plane. He didn't even is, know it was this there. This is part of the reason why Gordon's exhausted. Because <laughs> even his friends don't want to talk to him. Right. His friends are like, he's like, all right. It but... truly has nobody. Yeah. Um, oh, poor guy. Yeah. And then his daughter becomes Batgirl. Whoa, spoilers. Oh, man. Batman cables up to the Batplane. We see Robin is up there in the cockpit. And uh, Batman playfully asks if he looks stressed out. Robin says, you go, 
get out of town. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. And it seems like Batman is planning to take advantage of this vacation spot because he's going to do his investigation. Yeah, I think Robin was being sarcastic. Whoa! <laughs> No, you don't look stressed out, Batman. You look yeah. downright grumpy. Whoa. I don't know. He says some stupid skateboard shit. I don't know. Radical. <laughs> yeah. So Batman, Batman, you don't look tubular at all, man. Yes. So Robin pops a wheelie in the bat plane and they, they I can't believe he lets away. he lets Robin fly the bat plane. I, he has to do something. He is one of the flying Robin, races. There's been so much Robin in this series of late. I, yeah, I know. I'm very upset. I know, it. I know. It's frustrating. I could see it. It happened early with Christmas with the Joker, and I was like, all right, I don't think he's in the next few. And then he wasn't in, like, the next 20. And I yeah. was like, this is great. Yeah. Okay. And now we're <laughs> fucked. We get an establishing shot of the Yucca. Is it Yucca or Yucca? I don't know, man. Establishing would... shot of the Yucca Springs Health Resort. I think it's Yucca. They might say Yucca on the show. I don't know. I don't know. We pan over. Someone's yelling at us right now. We have like some kind of like herbologist friend it's who's like, yucca! "It's yucca, you motherfuckers! Yucatan, you mother yuccas." That's pretty good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. That's really good work. All right, Bruce is on a balcony. <laughs> thank you. Looking outside into the courtyard. Inside his room, Alfred's unpacking his things. I like how Alfred gets to go too. <laughs> he does. Bruce helps by unpacking his hideous brown suit. <laughs> That he could not leave home on this trip. <laughs> Why? Why does Do you he think have... Alfred is ever like, Master Bruce, you're one of the richest people in the world. Can we please buy you a second suit? It's a br- So the pants and the jacket are two different shades of brown, correct? I think they're supposed to be the same brown. Okay. I don't then, think that's supposed to be a sports coat situation. And then the shirt is yellow. The shirt is yellow. It's terrible. And the tie is, I think, black. I think so. It's really bad. Well, in its defense, it's very comic booky. However... It's very ugly, <laughs> and no one else around him really dresses like that. He he wore a tux like two episodes ago, like a black suit. I'll put it this way. If I was Selena Kyle, I'd be like, he is beautiful, but I can't be anyone who dresses in that suit. But I'll tell you, Batman's pretty fashionable. Batman looks great. Yeah, Batman. If he was Batman all the time, there'd be no problem. Do you think that's part of the ruse? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I think it's just lazy animators being like, oh, he's got the one outfit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, he's, he's Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. He should be in a black suit. Yeah. Always. Always. Maybe I'm, blue. I'm just, Maybe blue. I am vengeance. Yeah. Okay, vengeance. Um, <laughs> all right. Bruce talks about meeting with a Dr. Hugo Strange. His name is Dr. Strange. A, a, real, real a real doctor. A real doctor. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. And his first session is in 15 minutes. Alfred asks if he should lay out his evening clothes. We get a cool look of the bat suit inside. Another yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool when they show it in the bat in the in the bat suit. It is cool. Yeah, it's kind of like when Spider Man has the suit in Civil War. Yeah, yeah. All right, then we meet the man himself. We cut to Doctor Hugo Strange at the controls of a, I guess, a strange machine. What better way to put it? A strange machine. It's got a checkerboard pattern monitor. Mm-hmm. And how do we describe Hugo Strange's appearance? You know His what's weird? His head it's, is misshaped. It is very misshaped. Uh, but not like intentionally. He's no. got a bad head. Yeah, he's got a bad head. Yeah. Um, It doesn't look like how Hugo Strange is normally portrayed. No. I feel but like he's normally portrayed it, as a bigger guy. Yes. In the newer comics, Hugo Strange is like kind of physically intimidating. Yeah. Like he's a bigger guy, big bald guy with a big scary beard. Yeah, and cool goggles. And cool like sunglass goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some Dr. They Octopus kind goggles. of have that here. Yeah. Kind of. But they kind of reverted him back to his like cusp of the Golden Age into Silver yeah. Age look where he's like a smaller, yeah. more mad science-y type mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. Well, it's perfectly it's like fine. Earlier version of the perfectly character. Perfectly fine. It's it, I don't have a problem with it. It's just not used to how I'm seeing him portrayed. Right. Um, I did yeah. have a moment, though, when they brought up Hugo Strange. I'm like, whoa! I might be making this up, so I'm putting this out there. I do know that Hugo Strange, the character in the comics, does a lot with genetic experimentation. Okay. I'm wondering if we're missing a story where he did start off this way and then made himself have a uh, different physique. Maybe. Maybe. To be more like Batman. Maybe. But I think I'm misremembering that. I might be making it up, though that would make sense. That's a really good idea, though. It's a good idea. Hey, DC, you can have that one. For free. I know you have a shortage of ideas going on over there. <laughs> They're not the house of ideas. They're, they are not the house of ideas. <laughs> we pan over to Bruce, who's lying down. What do I even describe this? He's under a dome, and there's little droid hands pressing yeah. electrodes to his skull yeah. while he attempts to relax inside of like an open tube bed. Yeah. 
And Dr. Hugo Strange is babbling on about the device, saying it will lower Bruce's, I guess, his psychological defenses. Your inhibitions. Yeah. And Dr. Strange sounds exactly like a Nazi doctor who should never be allowed to operate on you. Yes, yes. The fact that this man has a resort is scary. Very scary. Especially since this show might take place in the 50s. (laughs) Right. Right? Even worse. Yeah. Um, Strange explains that he wants to lower the defenses we use to hide the truth from ourselves and others because when we do this, we create stress, which is probably right, actually. Yeah, he's he's actually probably right. And then Bruce says, some secrets are worth keeping. And that's because he's he's Batman. See... Did you know that? Yes. I, I... The, my only issue with this episode is why would Bruce Wayne be that stupid? Even though ultimately it's all part of the plan, I guess. I think because he has to go through whatever the judge went through yeah, to see to how the blackmail scheme is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. You know, this is, again, it's like the setup from Eternal Youth, but he's going instead of Alfred. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So this device seems to work by broadcasting whatever is on the subject's mind directly onto strange's viewing screen which yeah again is the thing from batman forever mm-hmm. clearly strange has done no homework on bruce yeah, wayne none. because he asks him about his childhood and asks him if there's some past tragedy he does not want to acknowledge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. in fairness to the writers batman says almost immediately like my parents death is like a well-known yeah. event yeah, like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he says you know yeah. my, my tragic past is no secret i took that i i assumed i took that with the assumption that Hugo Strange just is so invested in his work that he doesn't know what goes on in the world around him. Yeah, or maybe he doesn't care to put that out there in the first place. I don't really know. Or maybe he wasn't in Gotham or in America. Right. Okay. Interesting. We get some images on Strange's viewing screen. Uh, It includes uh, Bruce's young boy, Bruce under an umbrella with Alfred, um, his parents kind of moving across the vision here, the two shots, the the gun, uh, Storm... Uh, rising gravestones, the tower over the head of the adult Bruce Wayne. And we hear Strange's narration throughout this, which is like, it's actually, the voice acting is nicely done. Yeah, he does a good job. It has kind of this like cool, sort of detached clinical menace about yeah. him, mm-hmm. which I, I liked. Yeah. Um, Batman does try to defend himself about whatever Strange is thinking he's seeing. Um, you know, that he was only a child, but Strange keeps wheedling him telling him he must have wanted to do something about it. And as Bruce's anger grows and Strange's questions frustrate him, the viewing screen reveals images of bats and eventually of Batman himself. And Hugo Strange gasps because (gasps) Bruce Wayne is Batman. (laughs) Bruce springs up, telling him that the the relaxation therapy doesn't work on him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, fucking no joke. Yeah. So Bruce walks out. Hugo Strange is like trying to comfort him, telling him, oh, you know, we'll give it another try. And then when Bruce is gone, Strange pulls the tape, and good day to you, Batman. And we commercial get our first break. commercial break. That's a good place to end um, the commercial. Yeah, and they kind of tried to make clear to us that when you're in the machine, when you're like when you're like lying down and the electrodes are on you, you can't see what Strange is seeing. Nope. Otherwise, Bruce would have gotten up way sooner. Yeah. Because he would have realized, like, oh, this guy's gonna, you know, take my secret. Yeah. Or or he's gonna or, see it. It's all part of the plan. Right. And then we get, for my money, what is the best scene in the episode? Oh, yes. This one transition. Yes. The phone rings in the Joker's hideout. Check this place out, right? Mm -hmm. He's got, like, a fully decorated desk and, like, the back wall and, like, the lighting is terrifying and colorful. And his answering machine picks up. Leave your number at the sound of the scream. And then, like, he's clearly killing a man on the answering machine. No, please don't. Ah! (laughs) We cut back to Hugo Strange holding Bruce's tape. He identifies himself and tells the Joker's machine that he's holding an auction that he believes will be of great interest. Um, so we get the impression that Hugo Strange is going to auction off this tape to the Joker, and later we find out not just the Joker. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's three, yeah. It's three of them. Right. We cut to the street outside. Strange is getting into the car from earlier, accompanied by Numbers and Snap. They drive away under the watchful eye of Alfred from the balcony above. This is the first mic of what I think is the episode's misses. Yeah. Where it's like they're really cooking with gas in the episode. They've got a great premise. Mm-hmm. And then they bring in three heavy hitters. Yeah. Joker and Two-Face especially. Also the Penguin, who's a little bit less of a heavy hitter, let's say. I like But it. a great character. Yeah. And they don't do enough with them. No. Or they don't do the right stuff with yeah. them. And it's so sad because they really got this Joker beat right. Yeah. And he wasn't even there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's just like, oh... You're calling in these guys? 
you don't know what you're dealing with, yeah. Hugo Strange. Yeah. Like, you should have just tried to do it yourself. Like, I almost feel like... once you get these guys involved, you are fucked. Yeah, I think it just... They needed some chaos. They needed some chaos, and they do something later that really pisses me off. But we'll talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we'll get into it. So, uh, we cut inside to Bruce's room. He's working out doing a very impressive one-handed push-ups. Yeah, I can't... Pretty... I can barely do two-handed yeah, push-ups. It's, it's rough. I can get to like 12, and then I'm like, ah, I'm good. With, with two-handed push-ups? Two-handed push-ups. Yeah, two -hand, yeah, he's doing one-handed push-ups. Yeah, well, he's Batman. He's Batman. He's Batman. I mean, look at him. He probably did like a thousand. Yeah, probably. With the one arm. I believe it. I believe it. Probably probably a thousand, maybe 1,500. I agree. I wonder how long his workout routine is on a regular basis. Hours. It's got to be hours. It's hours, hours long. Hours, hours long. Day. Hours a day. It's not like he goes to work. Right. Alfred tells him that Strange is gone and Bruce decides it's time to get a closer look at the doctor's machine. Doctor Strange. Imagine if imagine if actual Doctor Strange was in here somehow. I mean that would be cool. I know. But it would make no damn sense. Nope. It would be too strange. We get a shot of Strange's office door, Bruce picking the lock, and cut to inside where Bruce is creeping around the machine. He's turning the computer on and then looking into the files. And that's where we get all of our Easter eggs with all the names in the, the file cabinet there. Yeah. Um, Bruce grabs Judge Vargas's tape and plays it. And this is pretty sad. We see like images of like a little girl. She's like a pyromaniac. We hear Dr. Strange's narration here. Um, and she accidentally drops a lit match into the box of matches, which creates like a little fire explosion. And we find out that she's the one that created the Gotham Dock fire yep. of 30 years ago, which I guess was like an event. Yeah. Um, but it was an accident. But now we see why the guilt and why the shame and why she felt like she was going to be ruined if that got out. Mm -hmm. uh, it can see thoughts, marvels Bruce at the machine, horrified. I like his, he's got like a thieves outfit. <laughs> he does. He's he wearing like, like a gray cable knit. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of like his go-to like doing crime outfit it's when he's not Batman. Outfit. Yeah. He does. He did it in. Um, it's definitely one of his selectable yeah. thiefware costumes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's definitely an alternate skin, right, for Batman. Mm -hmm. Bruce looks for his own tape, and then he has the blockbuster nightmare, which is where you grab like the jacket, the, oh. the blockbuster box, but the tape is not inside. It's not in there. It's or, not in there. What's worse, uh, opening up the blockbuster tape and it not being in there, or it being the wrong movie? The wrong movie is worse. Yeah. Because when there's no tape, you might be able to at least feel that and be like, hey, guy, there's no tape in here. But, you know, with the tape, like, you took that home. Yeah. You yeah. put it in. Like, what would be, what's a terrible swap for Blockbuster to do? A terrible swap. A terrible swap would be, let me take myself back to the age yeah, of being a child. We got to go back to, like, do we want to go late 90s or do we want to go early aughts? We should go mid-90s. I don't mean, to, mid I don't mean, I don't mean to, to, to take us off the rails. I just need to know. I don't know. A terrible swap would be... Well, we can keep it in the ballpark here. A terrible swap would be like, I want to rent Batman Returns. Yeah. 1992. And you open it up and it is Curly Sue. It's <laughs> 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 a movie with James Belushi. Not even John Belushi. No, it's the other Belushi. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That ruined the weekend. That seems like something... That seems like something that could have happened. Yeah, and you're definitely not going back to Blockbuster to get the right tape. You are not. No. And even if you showed your parents, they'd be like, well, Curly Sue's fine, right? And watch like, it. I don't want to watch Curly Sue. Watch Curly Sue. I'm you watch fucking watch Curly <laughs> Sue. We're not going back to Delco Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The best. All right. We cut to um, an airfield somewhere in the desert. So we're still in Yucca land over here. Yucca. Yucca land. Yucca. Plane lands, and man, my little kid heart jumped yeah. um, here. But I don't remember seeing this episode when I was a kid. I imagine if I had seen it as a kid, I would have been excited. Yes. Because adult Jordan was excited now. The plane lands, the Joker steps off, theme music and all. Beautiful. Ah, sunshine, clean air. <coughs> I hate it. <laughs> He's followed by Two-Face and Penguin, um, which are, I guess we're supposed to believe these guys are like Gotham's top crime bosses. Because yeah. it has to be a reason, like, why these three? Yeah, and they're, they're definitely... Of the villains we have on the show so far, they're definitely more of the crime boss type. They are. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I like that they did it with these three because we should take them at like, hey, for crime bosses out there that aren't like Thorn or Daggett or something like that, these are the top three freak show yes. villains who yes. actually have influence and money. Yes. yes. So they're well chosen. I just love pairing Two-Face up with, with Penguin. I think that's a funny... That's a funny combo. Well, I like the dynamic between the three of them. My yeah. complaint is that they don't get to do enough. Yeah, and do Joker anything. totally upstages the other two, which does. is fine. Yeah. But you needed to give the other two a little bit more to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Two-Face seems fairly miserable. 
a penguin actually seems happy to be there for whatever reason. He's I don't know why. Do birds like Yucca Land? I, I don't guess know. So. All right. Um, so they pile into the limo while Numbers struggles with some of the Joker's luggage. What's in this? Why? It's just what the doctor ordered. I thought it was a bomb. Yeah. I thought it was something. It turns out to be money. It's just a lot of cash. Just a lot of cash. Uh, we get the next shot. Oh, I should mention when they got off the plane, each of their theme songs played, yes. and that was really fucking cool. I, I love when they great. do that. And that yeah. was just like, they did nothing to fear. Yeah. Or not nothing to fear. Um, fear of victory? Fear of victory. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. The, the scarecrow wasn't in his cell again, by the way. Um, he's never in his cell. No. It's always an illusion. No. <laughs> the next shot is of Alfred polishing Bruce's car. Sure. As the limo pulls up. And uh, this was actually a smart bit of writing because it's all going to take place at the resort. Yeah. Right. So Alfred and Bruce are already there. Yeah. This is not, it's not going to go to another place. No. Um, the Joker emerges from the car with Two-Face and Penguin heading inside the resort. And Alfred contacts Bruce. I guess he wears some kind of little communicator inside his jacket. Mm-hmm. And he tells him to get out of Strange's office. And Bruce says he's almost done. We can see that he is erasing all the tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Cut back to the limo. Numbers is still struggling with that bag, and it pops open, spilling cash everywhere. The Joker is not fucking happy. He threatens him. He says, oh, better be careful. You might lose your tip or your head. And I was like, that's real fucking dark. Yeah. That's darker than we usually get for, like, Joker's little quips. Pretty good. It's pretty good. And I was like, the tip what? I I think we're supposed to be, like, the tip, like, tipping him. Like, you would tip a waiter. Yeah. But he also kind of indicated, like, the tip of his nose. Yeah. Or I thought, like, maybe his dick. I was like, maybe. the Joker's going to cut this guy's dick off <laughs> on a children's show. Could have could happen. Alfred's hiding behind a cactus. Yeah, yeah. It's great. And he's telling Bruce um, about what he is seeing, that, you know, these people have arrived and he needs to get out of there. And we cut back to Bruce, who's putting it all together, uh, Strange's scheme. It's not blackmail, it's worse. Now that he knows that Two-Faced Joker and Penguin are there, Strange is going to auction off his tape. Bruce tells Alfred to keep him informed. He puts a new tape in the machine, and we know that he's up to something because he's climbing into the machine to willingly go through this again. Doing some Batman stuff. So like making his own tape. Yeah. And then Strange just kind of pops up behind Alfred and confirms that Alfred is Bruce's butler. And when he says yes, Dr. Strange chloroforms him. Yeah. Where he has yeah. Snap do it. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, you're Bruce Wayne's butler, right? Yep. Yeah. Out. Out. Uh, back in Strange's lab, Bruce finishes making his new tape, and then he smashes Hugo Strange's machine to smithereens, fires everywhere, and Strange and his men bust inside. They subdue Bruce, and this was this felt so rushed, but Strange tells Bruce that he drugged Alfred with sodium pentothal and forced him to reveal what he knew, mm-hmm. and also that Bruce was going to destroy the machine, and that Bruce is looking for the tape, which I guess... Strange still has on his person. Um, he taunts Bruce with the line, or should I say Batman? And uh, Strange has snaps haul Bruce away. Yeah. This scene is one that bothers me because we had to believe that time passed. They interrogated Alfred. Alfred told them what Bruce was going to be up to. What else might Alfred have told them? I don't know. Yeah, And then... Strange does not seem to reckon with the fact that the machine has been used. Yeah. It was just like a, it was just a moment where I was just like, this, this little transitional scene functions for too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's one of the symptoms that this episode has that clearly points to it really needing to be a two-parter. Yeah. Or needing to be structured differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, next scene, Alfred and Bruce are chained up in like a maintenance locker and Alfred laments that it's all his fault. However, according to Bruce, this worked out according to his plan, including being uh, trapped here. Yeah. Let's, uh, it's interesting. I don't. Is the secret identity thing part of the plan? I, I don't know. I think the episode doesn't know. I think yeah. it doesn't care. I don't it just think, really yeah. wants to do this auction. Yes, yes. It, it wants to do the bad guy auction. It wants to do the bad guy auction. And so do we. Yes. Strange is leading the auction, uh, and he's holding the tape. And he's speaking to the crowd that consists of Joker, Two-Face, and Penguin. Two-Face is viciously impatient. I think Hugo Strange says, like, hello, and Two-Face is like, get on with it already! Where's the money?! Strange claims to have incontestable proof of Batman's identity. Now, how much am I bid? And he holds up the tape, which is, um, it's clearly labeled Bruce Wayne, but I guess they can't read that far. Two-Face has, like, one good eye. I think they both see. One might be worse than the other. Which one? 
Uh, probably the mutated eye. <laughs> right, I don't know. Penguin I... also has one bad eye, doesn't he? <laughs> he wears a monocle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Joker can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joker oh, well. can see real well. We cut back to the maintenance locker for no good reason. They could have combined this scene with the other one. Alfred asks if Hugo Strange really has proof of Batman's secret identity, and Batman admits that sadly it is so. He has also wrestled a pin from nowhere, and we know just by seeing that pin that he's about to escape. Mm-hmm. The bidding at the auction is the next scene, so we cut back to the auction. It starts at 500000 because that's half a million. Ha ha. <laughs> From Two-Face. Uh, I think Penguin says, ah, it's chicken feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He quickly upbids it to a million, and then Two-Face doubles that to two million. And then the Joker asks them both to hold it, and we get this little exchange, out of my face, clown. And then <laughs> Joker, which one? <laughs> The Penguin is the one that tries to play the mediator here, and with his help, the Joker agrees to the idea of pooling their resources. And they get a quick cut now to the giant pile of money. Mike, (laughs) for the secret identity of Batman, these three together are willing to pay over $51 million. We've now obliterated any sense of when this show takes place, and I severely underestimated how much money these guys have. Because this isn't even all their money. You telling like you telling me that Two Face was willing to bid two million was like wow, that's a lot of money. Right. But now you're talking about fifty one million. Fifty one million together. Together. And I assume the Joker had most of it. I, I would imagine so because Two Face started at half a million. Right. And we're not talking like bank trans. Like they have it in the cash, cash they brought with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's insane. They brought fifty million dollars with them. Correct. Yeah. Do we only really in a cartoon? Think, do we really think that? Joker would care that much about Bruce Wayne's identity, about Batman's identity. So actually, I th- well, philosophically maybe not, but I have a different issue. Okay. They brought this money with them. It's just Hugo Strange and yeah. like two goons. Yeah, like why wouldn't would Joker just, just smoke this kill guy? Kill them, right? Like they kill guys all the time. Yeah, why not smoke Hugo Strange? The last time we saw Penguin, he was about to kill a child. A child with a sword. Why wouldn't these guys just kill him and take the tape? I don't know. Anyway, I know that's like, I, I hate levying that criticism with these episodes because it's such a dull thing to say, well, why didn't they just kill him? Yeah, or why didn't Batman him. just do this? Yeah. But this time it's a little egregious. It's yeah. like, wow, it's like either spend all the money you have in the world to just smoke this guy. Yeah. Smoke I, this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's not, it's not like he, it's not like he's got powers. It's not like he's got. <laughs> right. Though I would love to see Joker in that dream machine. I would like to see any of them in the dream that machine. Cool. That would have been really cool. Really cool. Um, so this actually becomes like the big scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Strange accepts their money, $51 million and change, and including the Joker's pocket change of whatever it was, like $0.38, cents 38 or whatever cents, it was. Yeah. Um, and Strange finally plays the tape, but we see Batman is lurking in the rafters of the auditorium. <laughs> so the supervillains eagerly watch the footage, but Batman cuts in on the feed in the same way... <laughs> Jay does it in Mallrats? Or is it Silent Bob? Silent Bob. Silent Bob does this in Mallrats. Jedi rats. mind trick. That's that's right. He yeah. uses the Jedi mind trick. So they pull a fucking Mallrats yeah. in this episode. Where's your favorite new kid? Uh, call me Joey. That's right. Call me Donnie. This is one fucked up game show. Um, so the tape that plays is not the tape that is the real tape. Basically, Bruce climbed into the machine and thought about... Yeah. Hugo Strange scamming these guys. So that is what plays. Yeah. And the super villains immediately believe this. Yeah. They're like, oh, we have been, we've been scammed. Um, so Hugo Strange quickly ejects the tape, but it's just, it's just too late. The penguin shoots the false tape out of his hand with his umbrella gun. That's great. And then the chase is just on. There's a video game coming out this year called Gunbrella. Gunbrella? Which is pretty much Is the that. penguin in it? No. They stole the penguin's weapon and gave him no credit. Yeah, I know. That is really I know. sad. He should be in the liner notes. Under my gunbrella. Ella, Ella, A, A, A. Um Strange like grabs some money like just in his arms yeah. and just runs away. And then I, I assumed, Mike, that the villains just killed snaps and numbers. Because yeah. we hear gunfire and then we never see nah, them again. Joker killed them. So you know what? Uh, I'm sure the animated series would be like, oh no, they they fell into like a pile of mattresses and they were saved. Oh, of course. I'm pretty sure this is like a this is like a yeah they're they're dead they're dead they're dead and so. I'm glad you're dead. I'm glad you're dead. So uh, R.I.P. to numbers and snap. Yeah. Huh. You guys were okay, memorable ish. 
You they're all right. They're, they're all right. All right. Numbers uh, was pretty good. Numbers was all right. He can count money without counting it. Right. That's it's not bad. Hey, it's a good skill. Uh, we get the chase sequence. So Strange is leading this. He's gotten into a pickup truck and driven away. Uh, followed by the villains in the limo that he delivered them in. Mm-hmm. And then Batman and Alfred, little plot hole, <laughs> plot hole here, they follow in Bruce's car that Alfred was polishing earlier. Which anyone look, they'd be like, what's Batman doing in Bruce Wayne's car? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a second. Uh, Alfred mentions quickly that he spoke to Master Dick as uh, all three cards are now speeding towards the airport. You laugh every time I say Dick. It's, We're doing a Batman podcast, it's Mike. It's funny, dude. It's funny. It, it is, but not every time. Oh, my God. I don't know. It, every, the first time, it's always funny. It depends. We have to be able to say Dick. We don't mean that Dick. We mean Dick Grayson. Yeah, Richard Grayson. He spoke to Master Dick. (laughs) Master Dick is pretty funny as a name. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's why I left. Fine. (laughs) Listen, Hugo Strange makes it to the airport, but he's intercepted by the villains. And then, you know, they've got him. We cut to the Joker in the cockpit. He's doing a bit. Yep. He's dressed as a pilot. We see on his, like, uh pilot bomber jacket he's got like a patch it says cruncho serial junior air force commando love sorry it, no junior it. air commando is awesome love we, it. we love a bit here i love a bit uh and then just as that plane's about to take off batman like leaps onto the landing gear as it flies away pretty classic batman really move. good batman stuff here joker hits the autopilot and he joins two-face and penguin in the back where they have strange hugo is pleading for his life assuring them that bruce wayne really is batman and Two-Face tells Strange that that's absurd. And we have a good character moment here. He says, like, I know Bruce Wayne. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Like, I personally know it's him. It's like, I know Bruce Wayne. If yeah. he's Batman, I'm the king of England. Well, maybe he is. The villains intend to throw Hugo out of the plane. And the penguin, while this is happening, is making tea. Yeah, yep. <laughs> good little moment. Uh, Batman outside the plane, he cuts the fuel line to one of the engines just as the villains have opened up the door and are ready to drop Hugo out of the plane. Remember, it's not the fall, it's the sudden stop. So I've heard that joke my entire life from people. (laughs) It's not the fall that kills you, it's the sudden stop, which is hilarious. Pretty good. Yeah, very, very good. Um, As the plane runs out of fuel, obviously it starts to shudder and the villains rock inside the cabin as the plane spirals out of control. The Joker climbs into the cockpit and sees they're out of fuel. You know, things just haven't been the same since deregulation. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he's doing like a Bush reference. Like he's doing like an early 90s thing or a Reagan thing. I think he is, yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to get into what the Joker's politics probably are. Let's not go there. I don't know, man. He's all over the place. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. As the plane hurdles to Earth, um, <laughs> the Joker does like the goofy cry. Like, <laughs> like he does yeah, that, like yeah. the Disney thing. Like Very when, funny. when 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 Goofy falls. Right. Yeah. Like when Goofy suddenly like flung across yeah. the distance. Yeah. That is the the noise that Joker makes. Yes. Uh, Batman uses this is, I think this now qualifies as most ridiculous use of the grappling hook or most broken use of the grappling it's hook. Bro- it's a broken item in Batman Taz history. The grappling hook is a broken item, yes. but it's. Never, it, I don't think this is scientifically sound. No. As the plane is crashing, Mike, he grappling hooks like the Mesa rocks on the ground. And he like repeatedly keeps doing it until he slows down his momentum enough to just land. I don't really buy it. It's I okay. Th- I don't think it works. It's a cartoon. It's Batman. $51 million. Cell yes. phone. Cell yes. phone. Cell phone, yeah. Um, so he like ricochets off the different rocks. He lands. The plane crashes nearly plummeting into a canyon. The best bit in the episode. The cock door pit uh, pit door flies open and the Joker jumps out of the plane in a parachute onto the ground. Yep. Like right there. <laughs> That's the best bit in the episode. It's just him jumping out of the plane and whoop, he was hitting so, the ground. He was so ready to hop out of the plane. It's very funny. Very That's good. my favorite bit. I laughed a lot. Yes. Um, and then Batman meets the plane. He knocks the guns from Two-Face and Penguin's hands. We get the waiting police blimp overhead. Oh, well, Arkham is nice this time of year, laments the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah they get the, the big Gotham, the GCPD. That's right, yeah. So we get basically our final scene now. Gordon and Batman are meeting on the ground outside the blimp. The villains are being led on board in the background. They discuss Judge Vargas. Now she had nothing to fear from the truth. Hugo's desperate last monologue here, because he's with them, reveals that he knows exactly how Batman did what he did to conceal his identity. And he's exactly right, because yeah. he says, yeah, Bruce, Man- Bruce Wayne created a, a tape yeah. that was like a yeah. a false version of what had happened to conceal his identity. He's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 
Batman's bright, but, but then, so is Hugo Strange. But then, like, Bruce Wayne shows up. Oh, yeah. And Hugo Strange is like, no, it's impossible. And Batman explains that he asked for Bruce's help to expose Strange's impropriety. And Bruce says he was happy to do it because Judge Vargas is a friend. Yeah. And then Hugo gets led on board, and I, I think he's probably already, like, having a break from reality because he's like, no, wait, I know I, I know that Bruce saw... Wayne is Batman. Uh. Also, like, listen, man, they, they, they sound the same. They, yeah. <laughs> the final, the final. Here you go. Scene. The blimp takes off. This has got it. You got to love this. Batman stands with Bruce and Alfred. Yeah. And Bruce now speaks with Dick Grayson's voice. And we learn it was a disguise, a mask, and leg extensions, and a very convincing performance. And Batman tells them he wants to go home. He's had enough vacation to last a long time. Which means he's never going on vacation again. He's not going to go on vacation again. At least not until the next villain does the same thing. Yeah. Where they have a rich people's retreat and Batman has to investigate. Mike, what are your closing thoughts on the strange secret of Bruce Wayne? You know, I think that... I think it's it's solid. I I enjoyed the episode. I I really loved some of the villain stuff that they did. I love when they group them together. I think it's great. It's obviously got some issues in terms of like doesn't fully deliver on the promise. Right. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you that this would have been better had it been a two-parter. There's just too much. Yeah, there's just too much. And, you know, if the whole first half of the episode is Batman, you know, going to the, going to the, or the first half of the two-parter, right? If it's a two-part episode, it's like the whole first episode of it is him going to the, the resort and dealing with the memory thing and trying to figure out that. And then we get to gather the villains and the villains get to do actual villain stuff. Yes. Which they don't. Right. They're more, more or less props in this episode right. than say, you know, villains. It's kind of like, uh-oh, guess who's going to know? Right. They're more used as a plot device than for their characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... You know, while I do like some of the stuff the Joker does, uh, Two Face has good moments. Penguin has good moments. They really don't get to do anything, right? Ultimately, I agree. I was just going to say I think this is an episode that clearly would have benefited from being a two-parter. There was enough material there. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have even had to add anything. Just like give it some time. Yeah. You know, let it breathe a little. Great premise. Feels rushed. Yeah. Never quite lives up to the characters that it features, and then the whole is not really greater than the sum of its parts, no. right? We love Joker. We love Two-Face. We love the Penguin. We would love to have seen more of them. Yeah. But even just on the Hugo Strange side, like, let him be a little bit more than yeah. this. Let him be a little yeah. bit more villainous. Yeah. Let's get Bruce through a couple of sessions with him. Mm-hmm. Maybe even have something where Bruce thinks it's helping initially. Yeah, maybe piece it together more. Maybe almost do like a... Uh... Almost do like a uh, perchance to dream. I agree. I actually would have drawn out the first half all the way to the phone call to the Joker being like the start of the next two-parter, right? So it's like I agree. Hugo Strange finds out the secret at the, I don't know, maybe halfway or a little bit more into the episode, thinks about what he can do with this, has more sessions with Bruce Wayne, and then comes gradually to the realization, oh, I can sell this. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. You open part two with the call to the Joker mm-hmm. and then actually do a call to Two-Face and Penguin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like make it all happen. Right. Have some, some scenes with them. Spend some more time. Show us their layers. Right. And I feel bad because um, it's not that I'm a Penguin fan. I don't think anyone like thinks like the Penguin's the best character from the animated series, but he does deserve to have moments and he's so overshadowed by the other two, but there's barely even enough for them. Yeah. Joker really gets to do everything. Two-Face has like two good moments and Penguin has zero. It's kind of like a sample size of what of what these two can offer. Right. And though also, uh, interestingly enough, because we're coming at this series from the production side, we've only had one Penguin episode before yeah. this. We only yeah, yeah, did yeah. Um, I've Got Batman in My Basement. Not Bir- Birds of a Feather is the other one? We didn't do Birds of a Feather. No, yet. I know. No, okay. That's the next one, right? That's the next time we'll see the Penguin. But it's <laughs> yeah. just funny because of how our order goes. Like, yeah. we, from our perspective, have barely even seen Penguin as a villain to even know that he is of a league yeah. or in the same league as Two-Face and Joker. Yeah. Um, but really interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I do like this episode. A ranking in the series, I would actually put it in the bottom third, mm-hmm. but not towards the bottom. No, no, no. I would, it's a bottom yeah. third episode that isn't bad. Almost in the... I would say almost in the bottom half. I mean, I guess it, everything would be the bottom half, but I would guess it would be if it's almost in the middle third. Yeah. I, I don't... It, it would never qualify for me as a great episode. It's no. pretty good. It's decent. It's not there, It's not like you turn it on and like... Eh. 
I know. Uh, you know, default, it is the best Hugo Strange episode because it's of only one, but it's it's kind of nowhere near the best Joker, Two-Face, or Penguin episode. Yeah, so no. if we're measuring by that, no. There are other better episodes that focus on just Bruce Wayne. There are even better episodes that just do this theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have mm-hmm. the ultimate, which is perchance the dream, but yeah. we'll get other good episodes that are kind of like this too. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, next time, we actually have another two-parter. Heart which of means Steel. Heart of Steel. It means, as usual, Mike will cover part one, and I will do the mop-up work on part yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But uh, How do you feel about Heart of Steel? I don't remember liking it that much, yeah, to be honest with you. And I, it's not one I've rewatched a lot. I know. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm not sure where we're going with this. What was hardest? I, I'm trying to remember, like, I don't even remember it all that well. This is with Robot Batman. Robot Batman, right? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, it's been years. Yeah. However, I do have some friends of ours who like, I know they like Heart of Steel, mm. and they were curious about our thoughts, so I'm yeah. actually looking forward to covering this next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I always like going back to episodes I either don't remember as much or remember, like, not really having a huge opinion on. Right. Because, obviously, the big ones always stand out as the big ones, but in this one, it's like, oh, well, maybe this is good. I don't know. We'll see. Right. Okay, folks, yeah, so for the next two weeks, we're going to be covering Heart of Steel, parts one and two. Oh, yeah. First part will be led by Mike, second part led by me. Uh, we hope you enjoyed... The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne, which is just that he liked pineapple on pizza, which, you know, it's forgivable, but not that forgivable. I don't know, man. It's close. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast. For Mike Staub, I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to the Batman Tasticast. If you want to continue to support the show, please find us on social media at Batman Tasticast, or you can find us on the podcatcher of your choosing. Give us a five-star review, leave a comment, and share it with your friends because, well, the more people listen to the show, the better, really. Um, there's really no other way to cut it. And if you have some information you want to reach out to us, you can find Jordan and I on social media, but you can also reach out to us at any of the Batman Tasticast social media profiles we have available. Thanks again, and see you next time.